We turn in the inspired and authoritative word of God this evening to Matthew chapter 13, where I call your attention this evening to the parable of the sower. That parable is found in verses 3 through 9 with the Lord's interpretation of the parable in verses 18 through 23. So we'll read the first 23 verses of Matthew 13, and I will not reread the text. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore, and he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no, depth, no deepness of earth, and when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which said, by hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon immediately with joy receiveth it, yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receiveth seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth, some an hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus had been traveling throughout Galilee with his disciples, 
preaching, teaching, and healing. And it had become clear that the Galileans, for the most part, had rejected him. A rejection which Jesus himself attributed to his Father's sovereign good pleasure, as we read in Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. Yet many still came to hear him, especially the scribes and Pharisees, in their attempt to trip him up and show him a fraud. Others came out of curiosity. Others came to hear some new thing. Others came in the hope that Jesus could heal them. And some, no doubt, came to see if this could truly be the Messiah promised in the Old Testament scriptures. This particular day, great multitudes were gathered together unto him so that we read Jesus entered into a small ship, probably one of the fishing vessels, and began teaching the multitudes standing on the shore. And the people listened as Jesus told them the story of a man sowing seed. But this was no mere story that Jesus was telling. It wasn't a fable, an earthly story with a moral lesson. Jesus spoke a parable. Now, a parable is a means of revelation. A parable is that form of, of teaching where, whereby the Christ, with extended figures of speech, revealed the things of the kingdom of God through earthly events and things. So using picture language, boys and girls, Jesus taught the things of God's kingdom. And he did so because God created the earthly as a picture of the heavenly. But Jesus' purpose in doing so was to make clear the spiritual truths of the kingdom to all who hear. The truths of the kingdom had to be made clear to also in Galilee so that by God's grace, his elect people would understand the mysteries of the kingdom and set their hearts on the things above. But that number of God's people in the world is always few. The ungodly do not hear and understand things spiritually. They hear things with their natural ears and with their natural senses. They observe things too, but they don't understand spiritually. God sovereignly hardens them by making the truths of the gospel unmistakably clear. Because the earthly is a picture of the heavenly, and Jesus himself points out the various relationships between the two, the reprobate element will never be able to say in the judgment day, well, Lord, we never understood the nature of the kingdom. They're without excuse. Seeing they saw, and they didn't want it. Hearing they heard, but they rebelled against it. Sometimes, as, as we find in Matthew 21, verses 33 and following, for example, they understood even more clearly than did Jesus' disciples. So they sought to kill Jesus. But the Lord's purpose was accomplished. The purpose of those parables remains also today. According to Mark 4, verse 11, Jesus said about the kingdom of God, all things are done in parables. Parables are not merely lessons that Jesus used while he was here on this earth. Parables occur constantly. Even though we are often not conscious of it, 
we are surrounded by parables pointing to the realities of the, of the kingdom of heaven. And always we have with us the sower and the seed, the wheat and the tares, the shepherd and his sheep, the vine and the branches, and so on. So Christ calls our attention to all these things, but they're with us always, speaking to us the things of the kingdom of heaven and accomplishing God's purpose with us. This evening we hear the instruction concerning the parable of the seed being sown into different kinds of soil. If you've ever seen seed being planted, you've seen the things of the kingdom of God. How then did you see it? With your natural eyes? Or with the spiritual insight which caused you to rejoice? Notice with me the parable of the sower. We notice first of all the seed sown. Secondly, the different soil. And finally, the fruit born. Jesus immediately places before the eyes of his hearers Behold, a sower went forth to sow. This earthly picture was very familiar to those whom Jesus was addressing. He took his parable from the everyday occurrences of the surrounding farmland in Palestine. At the time, there were, there were no mechanical cedars with which to sow the fields. The farmer's fields were formed in such a way that there were separate plots marked out in the fields, each with boundaries marked by stones. And alongside each separate plot was a hard-packed path, all of which the farmers used to gain access to the various parts of his field. The farm... The, the furrows in the plot were separated in threes by the path which the farmer walked. Three furrows and then a path. Three furrows and then a path. The sowing of the seed in this area generally took place without previously plowing but with the soil softened by the seasonal rain. And that seed was then broadcast by hand on the field. Now there are several elements we must notice concerning the seed sown. In the first place, there's the element of the seed. And as Jesus points out, that seed is a picture of the living word of God. The seed isn't like a dead piece of wood or stone. It's living. It's adapted to germinate, to sprout, to grow, provided it comes into contact with the proper soil. A seed is adapted to produce fruit and thus to sustain life for the creature. So the word of God, when placed in the soil of the regenerated heart, is adapted to sprout as the living principle of the life of the kingdom of heaven. Now this seed is not merely the the written record of the word of God, the Bible, the seed is a living thing. Any man can read the Bible and study it, but the Bible as such cannot germinate and sprout and grow. No man can receive life merely from this Bible. But the seed of which Jesus speaks in the parable is the word of God which liveth and abideth forever, even as the apostle refers to it in 1 Peter 1, verses 23 through 25. The Bible doesn't live and abide forever. 
when we shall see Christ face to face in heaven, we won't need this Bible anymore. Nor is the seed spoken of here a reference merely to the word of a man, not even a preacher. My words mean nothing in themselves. They can go no farther than than the inner ear, the natural mind. That seed is the living word of God who speaks and it is done, who commands and it stands fast. It's the word of truth by which God has begotten us according to his own will, according to James 1 verse 17. And as we saw this morning, In Hebrews 4, verse 12, that word of God is described as quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Only that living word of God has the power to produce the fruits of salvation in our hearts. In the second place, the sower of this seed is Christ. Because this seed is the living principle of the life of the kingdom of heaven, only Christ can sow this seed and cause the life of the kingdom to germinate and sprout in our lives. Yes, Christ uses means. Peter writes, and this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. And in light of Romans 10 and 1 Corinthians 1 and 2 Corinthians 2 and other passages, we might say that the hand with which Christ sows are preachers chosen and called by him. But we must remember, preachers are only instruments in Christ's hands. Just as the farmer determines exactly what fields in which he will sow his seed, so Christ determines where the gospel shall be preached, sending it forth according to his own good pleasure for the gathering of the harvest of his elect. Christ also determines how that gospel shall be preached. That is, the message of the gospel. The human preacher can never prepare the heart to receive the word. I, as a preacher, can never drive the word into the hearer's heart as much as I might like to try sometimes, nor can I affect anyone's life. It is only the living word of God. As Christ speaks it by the Spirit through the foolishness of preaching that powerfully and efficaciously calls the sinner to life. It's Christ who speaks through the preacher, going from ear to ear and heart to heart And it's only Christ who preaches in the true sense of the word. And it's for that reason that we have to be careful to discern what we hear. Not every word that a human preacher speaks is the word of Christ. Because of the difficulty of humbling ourselves to be merely the instruments of Christ, some preachers, no matter how orthodox and reformed, can hardly get through a sermon without throwing in something of their own philosophy. That's why using the infallible scriptures We must differentiate between the words of men and the words of Christ. In the third place, we must notice of this parable that 
the seed is sown by broadcasting, scattering indiscriminately handfuls of seed left and right over the plot. And that means, as far as the spiritual application of the, of the parable, that when the gospel is preached, it's preached promiscuously. That's the truth set forth in the Canons of Dort, in the third and fourth heads of doctrine, Article 5, which teaches that the promise of the gospel, together with the command to repent and believe, ought to be declared and published to all nations and to all persons promiscuously and without distinction to whom God, out of his good pleasure, sends the gospel. So if God gives me opportunity to preach, I'm called to preach. Even if that be outside the realm of our own churches. Now you realize, though we've often been charged with preaching only to the elect, you realize that it's not possible to preach the gospel only to the elect. To return to the picture of the parable, regardless of the method used in scattering the seed, even if you carefully drop the seed into, into a nicely cultivated furrow of good soil, some seed is still blown alongside the furrow, some lands on stones, some, some in poor places in that soil, patches which are full of unseen weeds and thistles. But neither is it the purpose of God that the seed be sown only among the elect. It's not just chance that some of that seed lands in bad soil. God governs by his providence the direction of every seed. And besides what we confess in our canons, our Heidelberg Catechism in question and answer 84 makes clear that the preaching is to go forth to believers and unbelievers, elect and reprobate. The preaching is proclaimed wherever God wants it preached. And that preaching always accomplishes God's sovereign purpose. This gospel is proclaimed to reprobates, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed, 1 Peter 2, verse 8. God's word never returns void. As responsible beings, we always respond according to the condition of our heart. You and I stand responsible to hear the word of Christ, to repent and believe. And therefore Christ says in this parable, see therefore how ye hear. But positively, this preaching purposes the realization of Christ's church, the gathering of his church. God prepares the hearts of his people to bear fruit. This preparation of the heart takes place only through the Spirit of Christ and by His grace. It's by the power of Christ and the power of the Spirit that God changes our hearts from that, that stony, weedy, hard mess into the hearts of flesh that receive His Word. The fruits of salvation 
are only evidences of God's work in us. Finally, we notice concerning the seed sown, that there is the field in which that seed is sown. And that field is the place where the preachers bring the word of Christ. The field is the realm of the church in the broadest sense of the word. It includes various denominations and congregations and mission fields, any place where Christ is pleased to send his gospel. This field, we notice, has different kinds of soil. These different soils all represent different kinds of hearers, as Jesus himself explains in verses 18 through 23. Emphasis is given in this parable to four kinds of soil, hard-packed, stony, thorny, and good. We notice that although there are four kinds of hearers pictured with the four kinds of soil, essentially there are but two. Because in reality, there are really two kinds of soil, good soil and bad soil, soil that bears fruit and soil that doesn't. But the bad soil is divided into three different kinds, so the emphasis is given to four types of soil. But a careful reading of the text shows that the good soil is also divided into that which bears fruit a hundredfold, and sixtyfold, and thirtyfold. So what we have here are hearers distinguished spiritually into two groups, and those two groups are divided into three from a natural point of view. In the two groups that hear the word of God, there's division also from a natural point of view. There are differences in natural characteristics and abilities, even in their God-determined spiritual environment, which plays a role in their attitude toward the word of God preached. But all the bad soil hearers are alike in having no receptivity for the word of God. They will never bring forth good fruit. And to make it clear, Jesus describes even the good soil hearers into three different ways, into those that bear fruits a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. He indicates also there that the various types of bad soil hearers are also manifested to a degree among the good soil. To make it personal, even though our hearts have been prepared by, as good soil by God, being regenerated and cultivated by the Spirit of Christ, yet we have much sin in us which prevents us from bearing the daily fruit that we ought to bear. And therefore, I repeat the words of Jesus who hath ears to hear, let him hear. This parable is preserved for our personal instruction and correction. There are three kinds of people who bear no fruit unto everlasting life. In the first place, there are those who are likened unto the wayside, the hard-packed soil upon which the seed falls. That's the seed that falls upon the hard paths and doesn't penetrate into the soil. It remains on top of the soil as an irresistible invitation for the birds to come and eat the seed. Jesus interprets this in verse 19 when he says, When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one 
and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. These are the hard-hearted people who hear the word of God, but who do not understand. It's not that they can't follow the preaching. They might say it's too doctrinal, too deep. The fact is, they have no difficulty at all in following the preaching. The Lord sends his word to them exactly in order that they might clearly understand. But their lack of understanding is spiritual. The word Jesus uses here concerning that lack of understanding is a word that speaks of cold indifference. They hear the word, but they don't mull it over in their minds. They don't compare it with their own lives. They don't meditate prayerfully upon it. There's no interest. They simply do not care. They sit in church because it's the thing to do. But their minds are willingly absent. One thinks about his business and how he can increase the profit margin. Another thinks about the fun they had, he had yesterday, Saturday. These hard soil hearers might hear an occasional remark by the preacher, might even consider it for a moment. But as soon as the preacher says amen, the devil comes and plucks from them the little that they did hear and they immediately return to the pleasures of this world. The word of God went in one ear and out the other. Changes them not at all. And before we go on to the stony ground hearers, we ourselves must hear Christ's warning. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. You see, that warning is not for the reprobate who have no understanding and no spiritual receptivity. It's meant for the elect, too. Hear, therefore, the parable of the sower. This is addressed to all of us. Because that hard-packed soil, that attitude of indifference over against the word of God and the sowing of that word is in us all to a greater or lesser degree. It's in our sinful flesh. Sometimes it's the children of God who show cold indifference by paying no attention to the sermon. Sometimes the most trivial subjects interrupt our hearing, our listening. And if there's any one part of the sermon that's meant for me, I can be sure that the devil is going to distract me and harden the surface of my heart. Sometimes it's the children of God who come to church for entertainment. Some people must be thundered at with hell fire before they show attentiveness. Others sit up and listen only when they are rebuked sharply. Others seem to shut their ears at the rebukes of the word of God, wanting only to hear words of comfort, though to them it might be peace, peace, when there is no peace. Sometimes it seems that the word of God is like the first snowfall that falls landing on the river. One by one, those flakes are swallowed up in the current, seeming to die to no purpose. And so the word often sometimes seems to fall upon this 
seething, rushing current of spiritual indifference, even among the people of God who find the word removed by the birds of Satan as soon as the sermon ends with the amen. And don't ever underestimate the power of the devil in the church. Who has ears to hear, let him hear. Secondly, there are the stony ground hearers. That's not soil mixed with gravel. Sometimes that can be very good soil yet. This is soil which thinly covers a layer of rock. On the surface, the soil appears excellent because you can't see the underlying layer of rock. And so the seed immediately springs up. But when the heat of the sun hits it, it withers and dies because there's no place for the roots to go down and draw the moisture out of the soil. And these people, says Jesus, are those whose reaction to the word is one of immediate joy. They are superficial Christians who hear the word of the kingdom and are immediately moved in the shallow regions of their feelings, have not true faith. They don't contemplate the word of God, sinking the roots deeply into Christ, laying hold of him by faith, but they immediately shout for joy, Hallelujah, I've heard the word. And the Lord can sometimes use them in their zeal to put us to shame. We who sink our roots deeply into the word and who should rejoice with exceeding great joy are often put to shame by the zeal of these shallow soil hearers. But the joy of such a shallow soil hearer is Self-centered, emotional, not God-centered. And before long, they discover that, you know, life in the church is, is not all joy and happiness. And belonging to Jesus Christ means that we must partake of the sufferings of Christ. All who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, Paul wrote to Timothy. It's not easy to live the Christian life of self-denial and self-sacrifice. You think of what the saints are going through in Myanmar, where would we stand in those circumstances? Because the flesh cannot fight against the principalities and powers, some simply call it quits. In the face of the hatred of this world and the heat of persecution, it's not possible for the flesh to serve Jesus. In order to walk with Jesus bearing his reproach, you have to have spiritual roots embedded deeply into the soil and drawing from the water of life. And again, we must hear this word. Although the superficial joy of many segments of, of modern Christianity is not characteristic among us, yet there is in all of us an inclination to superficiality in our religion, there's an inclination to be content in being shallow soil Christians. It's so easy, especially in our day, to live a life of shallow Christianity. It's not easy to live the life of the kingdom in self-denial and self-sacrifice. 
It's difficult to serve Jesus in the heat of the day when hatred and malice are your daily portion. And when that time comes and we are told to take the mark of the beast or starve, superficial Christianity will avail you nothing. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. The third kind of people to whom Jesus calls our attention are the thorny soil hearers. As the good seed begins to grow in this soil permeated with bad seed, the weeds also grow. And quickly the thorns outgrow the good seed and choke it out so that the good seed has no room to develop and grow and it never bears fruit. Jesus says of these hearers in verse 22, he also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. To the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches Mark and Luke add in their accounts of this parable the pleasures of this life. Again, the picture is very clear. It characterizes many in the church today. These hear the preaching, perhaps even enjoying it, and apparently give more thought to what they hear than either of the first two hearers, but the preaching of the word after a while cramps their style, so to speak. Because the thorny soil hearer is worldly minded. He might be rich or poor. For the cares of this world are everyone's cares only expressed differently from what shall we eat and what shall we drink and how shall we clothe ourselves and our children to how many cars shall we have, where shall we invest our money, where shall we vacation this year. You see, all are the cares of this world. And soon those weeds of worldliness Choke out the word. Such men and women might come to church on Sunday, but the rest of the week is devoted to the satisfaction of their own carnal desires. The life of the antithesis is nowhere to be seen. You can't distinguish them from the world. And again, though Jesus refers to the thorny soil hearers as those who are unfruitful and reject the word, the reprobate, if you will, the fact is there is much in us that matches the characteristics of those thorny soil hearers. And the temptation is so great to be such a hearer if you're not looking for the things of the world, if your one great passion in life is that God's name be hallowed, that God be glorified, that your life be so controlled by the word of Christ that you will have treasures in heaven, you're a constant irritant to the world, and the world will not be content until you're like one of them. but dreadful is therein. The word is choked and there is no fruit to be found. And if you'd like further commentary on the thorny soil hearer, I encourage you to read the parable of the rich fool in Luke chapter 12. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. But finally, there is the sowing that bears abundant fruit. 
This seed falls upon good soil, soil that has been prepared to receive the seed of life. And according to the parallel account of Luke 8, verse 15, Jesus says of these people, on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. You notice their heart is called good and honest. That clearly speaks of a heart upon which the Holy Spirit has worked and given the life of Christ. It's likened unto a soil that is ready for the seed. They are the ones whom God has prepared to bear the fruits of salvation, fulfilling the words of prophecy in Ezekiel 11, verses 19 and 20, and I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within you, and I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh, that they may walk in my statutes and keep mine ordinances and do them, and they shall be my people and I will be their God. Blessed are these people. So notice all hinges on the question, what kind of heart do you have? With what kind of heart do you listen to the word of God? Is it a heart that sees this Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? You listen with a heart that, as Jesus describes it, hears the word and understands, that hears the word and meditates upon it, contemplating its significance for you personally, comparing it with your own life and the word of the scriptures? Then blessed are you, because you've seen Christ. Such hearers experience joy that's not superficial, strength that will never be removed. Oh, they mourn over their sinful condition and their sins committed against the Most High God. They hunger and thirst after righteousness. Their sins are laid before the cross of our Lord and Savior. These hearers bear fruits of thankfulness to the glory of the God of their salvation. But as we read, Jesus also describes the good soil hearers in three different ways according to their fruits. Some bear in hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. And when we read here the fruit of the seed of God's word, we mustn't think of great things being done by those who receive this word. The first fruit of these hearers are inward fruit. The spiritual fruits of repentance and sorrow after God and love for God and, and his Christ and delight in Christ and his word. Then follows the fruit of the Spirit as we read in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. The abundance varies when it comes to the fruit that is born. And one reason for the difference in production of fruit is undoubtedly the different capacity and talents of the individual. Another is the different places God's people occupy in the body of Christ. But the fruits born are in direct proportion and to the extent of the seed that is sown, the word preached. That ought to impress upon us how important it is to 
hear the pure preaching of the word. We say that doctrine and life cannot be separated. That's true. The fruits of godliness are according to knowledge, uh, as we read in 2 Peter 1 verse 3. But it is also true that the good soil hearers still have much sin in them. We still have to deal with our sinful flesh. Even the holiest men in this life have but a small beginning of the new obedience. That's why we too are characterized by the sins of bad soil hearers. You have heard yourself described today. We do well, therefore, to heed the words of Christ. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Are you a fruitful hearer? Amen. Heavenly Father, we give thanks to thee that thy word is thy power unto salvation to everyone who believes. And that we may look to thee expecting by the power of thy word to bear the fruits of faith in our lives, and that's our longing. So, Heavenly Father, we pray that thou wilt apply thy word to our hearts by thy Holy Spirit and strengthen us to thy name's honor and glory. For Jesus' sake, amen.